0: We played a complete game, four quarters. It was far from perfect, and there's a lot of cleanup, up, but I thought our guys played hard, they played physical, and that's exactly what we've been talking about all, all season.
1: This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. the Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills.
2: Brewers just won. You might have heard the end of the game. You might have heard the the post game. Maybe you got the alert on your phone and you're just tuning into the show. Brewers won. They beat the Marlins 4-2 and they win three of the four games in the series after losing last night. And we'll talk about this game. We'll break it down. We'll we'll react. Don't get me wrong. But I, I wanted to start and I just wanted to mention at the top of the show that the Brewers losing today means that the Cardinals are officially eliminated from playoff contention. I saw the tweets. I saw Katie Wu, who covers the Cardinals for The Athletic, point out, yeah, this is it. The Brewers won today. It's done. And I saw a couple of the Brewers accounts tweeting celebratory gifts, you know, excited tweets about how the Cardinals are cooked. I did not tweet about the Cardinals getting eliminated from playoff contention. I almost did. And then I stopped myself because you know what? I don't think about the Cardinals. I haven't thought about the Cardinals in a month. The classic Don Draper. I don't think about you at all. Oh, the Cardinals got eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, yeah, that's right. they they're having a season this year. They're yeah, that's right. I saw Wilson Contreras was banged up, and it's just a nightmare season for the Cardinals. Shame. I haven't spent much time thinking about it. The whole well, you know, the Cardinals. Uh, you you gotta wait until they're dead officially. I gave up on them in June. A team sucked this year. And Ollie Marmol is not a good manager. I'm not really convinced the Mouselaks really know what they're doing. I'm I'm selling. I'm selling the Cardinals. I'm not scared of the Cardinals anymore. I saw enough this year and read enough from their reporters and their fans. I don't worry about that team anymore. I don't think about that team anymore. Now, maybe they'll have a shot to to come back and contend for the division and be an actual real team again next year when Craig Council leaves and they don't have to worry about... It'll be like Aaron Rodgers departing the north, Craig Council departing the central. Yeah, I saw all the tweets about the Cardinals. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. They're, They're having a season. I don't think about them at all. I haven't thought about them in a month. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having an awesome day. A little bit of a loaded show tonight. I don't want to overdo it, but it's, it's pretty good. It's it's loaded, but with a lowercase L. Ryan Glass, New York Post, going to be here at 4.30. Uh, I like to check in with him every once in a while. He does a good job covering, well, just about everything, but I most appreciate his work when he's covering sports media. So whenever he comes on, I'm like, all right, what's going on in the world of sports media, media in general, Uh, is Disney making any big plays that we can talk about Warner brothers discovery? What's going on? I asked him about the hiccup that spectrum and Disney had ESPN a couple of weeks ago. That sends sense has been resolved. So he's going to give us a good breakdown of that. I also want to talk Packers bears because he's in Chicago and I want his spin on, on what's going on with the bears and what he's hearing and seeing from bears fans and bears media. Down there in Chicago. So we'll join him, or I guess he'll join us rather, in about 15 minutes. And then in the second hour of the show, Ross Tucker, CBS, Odyssey. You hear him on Westwood One doing games. He does a ton of podcasts. He's always creating NFL content. And I want to pick his brain about the Packers and Jordan Love uh, and some of the teams that he's had a chance to watch and cover so far this year and in training camp after a pretty exciting but very surprising. Week one. So Ross Tucker in hour two. Maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to catch Zach Heilprin for a minute or two because Temple and Heilprin firing up at six o'clock tonight. We'll get the, uh, the experts' point of view on what they saw in the Washington State game on Saturday when they were out in Washington. Uh, and what's going on with the team and, and certain players. I'm, I'm very excited to listen to their show tonight. They'll be live at Monks, by the way, so if you're listening on our Madison affiliate, The Zone, make your way over to the west side, go get dinner at Sun Prairie and Monks, sit down, have a beer, watch some of the NFL game, and go say hi to Zach and Jesse uh, and take in some Badger talk. That's starting up at 6. So maybe we'll be able to connect with Zach. I know he's setting up and getting ready for a show, but in the off chance that he has a couple of minutes, I would love to talk to Zach at the end of the show. 608-321-1670 is the number. We'll open up the phone here in five minutes or so. Twitter at Wisco Grant. We got to take our first break pretty quickly here because the show is a little bit behind because the Brewers post-game cut into our, our two hours a little bit, but that's fine. It's funny, yesterday we were talking about the Brewers, and I said, you know, we're always reacting to the last game. And that makes baseball talk difficult sometimes on a daily talk show. If you're to do a weekly show or a twice-weekly show about the Brewers, that's different because you can look at the week holistically friday saturday sunday monday you can look at entire series and entire road trips but on shows like this we're talking every day we're going to react to what we just saw so i gave you the fake hypothetical situation yesterday of the brewers win on thursday the brewers win on friday the brewers win on saturday wow great series sunday they lose the finale 2 to 0 or 1 to nothing we convene on monday to talk about it all and what's the take uh, Bruce can't score. He got shut out yesterday. Craig Council can't manage. He certainly can't manage small ball. He can't. He can't. He can't manage for one run. Why can't he just manage for the one run when they need the one run? It's like, hey, hey, they won Thursday. They won Friday. They won Saturday. It was a great weekend for the crew. But of course, we react to the last thing that we saw—the shiny object, right? And today is kind of the opposite example of that. Last night, the Brewers lost. They were shut out in a bullpen game. The offense just never showed up. We're not going to talk about that today because the Brewers won today. Two to four or four to two, I guess, depending on which way you look at the score. Adrian Hauser was actually okay. Five innings, only two runs. Bullpen was great and the offense did just enough. Today's type of win is not pretty. It's not memorable. It's important. I'm going to compare today's wind to um, a phenomenon that you'll have on a fishing trip if you go out fishing. So I, I talked to, uh, not Clemhead Mike, I talked to Clemhead Mike in Chippewa Falls earlier today, but I also talked to Uncle Packer Mike up in Eau Claire. And he was saying, oh, Grant, I'm I'm going up to the Chippewa Flowage. I'm going up north a couple weeks to fish, go fish for musky, which I want to do. I'm hoping to do that next fall. I've never done the fall musky fishing i would like to throw a fly up there it sounds like a blast i was picking his brain about that and forcing all of bill michael's audience to listen to me and uncle packer go back and forth when you go fishing right you can get skunked that's a bad outcome Uh, some fishing trips are defined by man we didn't barely catch anything but the one fish we did catch that was special right you ever been on a fishing trip like that where you go out all day and you fish and you work hard and you're rewarded with one fish only one but it's the most special fish because you worked hard for it and maybe you got to share that moment with a buddy and he helped you get a picture of it. And that's that's your memory from the trip, right? Is that one fish that you work so hard for, that trophy fish. And then there's days on a fishing trip where you might catch eight or nine fish throughout an afternoon and maybe one of them is special. But the rest of the fish you catch, some people call them eaters. Oh, that's a nice eater. It's not a trophy, but it's the type of fish that you eat because you can cut up and eat it. It's big enough to eat, but it's not this massive trophy you feel bad if you take it out and you kill it and you eat it. Today's win was an eater. It was like a 17-inch walleye, right? Or a nice perch. I'm not going to remember this win at the end of the year, just like I'm not going to remember that that fat perch at the end of a fishing trip. It's one of many. The Brewers have won a lot of games like today's game. But this win, especially with the Cubs losing last night, it was the third out of the fourth game in the series. So instead of splitting the series with the Marlins 2-2, take three of four, love that. It's not going to be memorable. It's not going to be sexy, but it's important. And it's a, it's a part of the, the big picture, right? If you go fishing for perch or, you know, some other non-trophy fishing, you catch a bunch of them. That's nice. We got a bunch of perch today. A bunch of brewer games like this might not be memorable, might not be sexy, might not be a trophy, but it'll get the job done. Today's game definitely got the job done. They had to work for it. Some clutch hitting with two strikes and two outs. Tyrone Taylor was really good. Bryce Tarang got on an infield single. God bless him. That's like the best outcome of a Bryce Tarang at bat is an, is an infield single. A good eater game today. Just a, just a nice, solid win. Not sexy. Not going to remember it a month from now. But an important win in the grand scheme of of this season. 608-321-1670. Going to take some calls when we get back. Ryan Glasspiegel of the New York Post to join us just after 4.30. A lot to get to on the Wisco Sports Show. We're back in three minutes. <laughs>
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Council. So oh, many fantastic callers to this show. Uh, I think of Clemhead Mike in Chippewa Falls. He's really made a great name for himself as a caller to this show. I think of, hmm, Eric on I-90, longtime caller. I think of Brent LaCrosse, who chimed in yesterday. I wanted to my cap to Vagabond John, who called the Bill Michael show earlier today to talk Badgers and said, hey, this Keontez Lewis situation is mm, it's fishy. It's suspicious. And I said, oh, Vagabond John. But what Keontez Lewis situation? What are you talking about? I mean, I didn't say that on air because I on the Bill Michael show, I needed to be all formal and I need to be like, oh, yeah, I read it. Yeah, I heard about it. Mm-hmm. Totally. I know. I know everything because I, I have to come across as an authority, for these two hours during this show, you guys know better than to just assume I know things. Uh, Vagabond John pointing out that Keontez Lewis's brother indicating that a lack of NIL money, uh, a, a lack of NIL shine, was keeping Keontes Lewis off the field. Other players were playing ahead of him because they had sponsorship deals or NIL deals. Well, 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 Vagabond John, if didn't turn out that you were right in... Uh, feeling some alarm, feeling some suspicion about what was going on. Wisconsin wide receiver, Keontez Lewis announces that he will be entering the transfer portal. Lewis played six snaps in the season opener and did not play in game two. He caught 20 passes for 313 yards with three touchdowns last season after transferring from UCLA. Well, I guess there he goes. That's brutal. And it's a good thing that we have an authority to speak on this in about an hour and a half. Temple and Heilprint is going to fire up on a lot of these same affiliates. And if you don't have a Temple and Heilprin affiliate, maybe you listen in Eau Claire or in Lacrosse. I don't know what they're doing with programming post six o'clock. If they're going to CBS, you can always find the stream madcity sportzone.com. Uh, and maybe just maybe we'll be able to connect with Zach and Jesse before six o'clock. No doubt they're going to talk about this. Vagabond John perked my ears up to this earlier today. so hat tip to Vagabond John I tip my cap to Vagabond John for pointing that out. Brewers won this afternoon as well four to two and I said at the beginning of the show, not the sexiest win. they didn't win ten to two or twelve to nothing, although they handled the Marlins pretty easily and put up some crooked numbers earlier in the series this was this this was the game that won them the series. Got three out of four, and it was, I called it, this is an eater win. You ever go fishing, and and maybe you catch a walleye that's not a massive trophy. You're not mounting it on the wall, but it's a nice eater. Yeah, throw that in the live well. That'll fry up good. That'll cook up good. That's an eater, right? Nice, solid, uh, very utilitarian fish. You know what I mean? It's not tiny. It's not one that you just pitch right back in the water, Uh, But it's not one that that you're going to take big pictures of and mount on the way. It's just a nice, solid fish. It's good. If you can catch eaters all day, that's a solid day of fishing. And if the Brewers can win games like this, down the stretch for the next couple of weeks, they're going to have no problem tying up this division. And and when I say tying up, I don't mean tying. I mean, in a different way, tying it up, like putting a bow around it and ending it as they are in first place. The Cubs lost last night. Uh, Who do the Cubs play next? Uh, Who do they play tonight? Let me scroll here real quick. Are they off tonight? I struggled with this earlier today, too. I thought the Cubs had off last night. I was wrong. Matt and Cross Plains will probably shoot me a tweet and correct me. Uh, let's take a phone call before we take a break. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Clemhead Mike. Clem Head Mike. Mike, I was hoping that I would hear from you today. I have something that I want to tell you, but we can save that for last. What's going on?
3: Oh, yeah. No, I just wanted to congratulations on another great analogy which only you could do fishing and brewers baseball I said, That's, now if you had thought of two things that you couldn't combine uh you could do it i mean <laughs> i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah you, you just never, never not a trophy it.
2: just a nice little solid fish you know
3: yeah absolutely the w is a w is a w it's like Yeah, brilliant.
2: (laughs) That's facts. I 100% agree. And those fish can sometimes, that can make your day. If you just sit there on the dock with a bobber and catch, you know, nice solid perch, a couple nice bluegills, yeah, they're not trophies. It's not a fish that you're going to tell your kids about one day, but it'll make for a nice day of fishing.
3: Yeah, that's what we used to do when I was a kid. we just go out and catch a bunch of eaters, like you said. There you go. And yeah, and uh, sure, I just wanted to tell you on the Bill Michael show today, it's like, I don't know what it is, but, well, I do know what it is. Um, you're more approachable because when, when you call Bill Michael show, he just to you for a second or 15 seconds. Thanks for the call and he hangs up now, with you. It's an entire conversation. And it seemed like the whole uh, 4 o'clock crew was there on your show today, which
2: was really cool. We got a ton of calls. And, and what was cool is I think when some of you started calling in voices and names that we know, I was getting callers from elsewhere that aren't callers to yeah. this show, but they're like, oh, we're doing, we're taking a ton of calls today. I'll jump in there. So that was, that was pretty fun. I had a blast. Yeah
3: you've heard of priming the pump, you know, you always had to pour water on yeah. there and get it started and, yep. you know, swell the seals, and yeah, you got to get it going. So I, I gotta tell you, I am so looking forward to tonight's show, uh, tonight's game. I'm, um, and not, not the Yankees and Red Sox game on the Fox. I'm looking so forward to the uh, Vikings game. I, I it, it's so fun to watch a game where you really have a rooting interest and, you know, I've hated the Vikings since the 60s and I just cannot wait for this game tonight that just, uh, yeah. Anticipation. I got some uh, point logger or some point amber loggers and point uh, drop dead blondes in the fridge Ooh. and then uh, they may disappear. So,
2: Mike, you're set I'll, to have a night. I'm excited to drive home and go watch this game because it's beautiful outside. I love this time of year and I didn't leave work until eight o'clock last night because I was here for the huddle. And I tell you what, I drove home in the pitch black last night after work for the first time this year. Uh, you know, it's going to get darker earlier and earlier. That sucked. I'm not looking forward to that.
3: No, you had a you had a long day yesterday, man. Ten to ten to two, and then four to six, and then six to eight. Like, I hope they gave you some overtime,
2: or are you on salary?
3: Oh, I have plenty
2: high- of overtime. I'm I'm raking in money, hand over fist, Mike. What are you
3: talking? You are the highest paid producer on the Michael Show. <laughs> That's bro, for you're you know? damn right.
2: I am the highest paid <laughs> producer on the Bill Michaels Show, uh, and I'm also the the highest paid host of the Wisco Sports Show, Mike. I I wanted to tell you because I saw this today and I I bookmarked it. Cone Roller actually uh. tweeted it at me. The Phoenix Suns. Are giving away TV antennas to fans because? Oh wow! Matt Ishbia, right? Matt Ishbia, their owner, announced that they're going off cable and they're going to broadcast over seventy of their games on a local channel, which is going to make it more accessible to people. And fans can fill out a form, and the Suns will ship them an antenna for free. What do you think about that? That is,
3: that is so cool, right? I mean that's uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm Mr. Antenna Man, like you said before, and I know you're Mr. Antenna Man too. But uh, yeah, I got like an eight, seven or eight foot antenna. Um live north of Chippewa, I am in at that Lacrosse. I pick up all the you know Eau Claire stations and everything perfectly, but yeah, I pick up lacrosse channel Eight very well, split them amongst four TVs. and yeah, I'm pretty much set and uh yeah, like we you and I have talked about before, there's no lag, there's no compression, no, there's no beautiful. it is beautiful picture so but tonight's on prime and um I'm telling everybody on the Bill Michaels live stream and on your show. I said, make sure you think ahead. Don't just go, you know, thinking you're going to watch, you know, Thursday night football on NBC or something. Make sure you plan ahead for this game because it's on Prime. And I don't know if they have free trials or anything, but uh, find a bar that you know that plays it. Do something because you don't want to miss Packers
2: Lions. I think it's going to be a good game. That's going to be an awesome game, and it's going to have divisional yeah. ramifications for sure. Absolutely. i got to get to a guest, Mike, so i got to take a break. But I appreciate you, and I'm, I'm glad we got to talk antennas for a couple minutes. I love that. Yeah, oh, that's, that's great news. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Appreciate you, Mike. Clemhead Mike up in Chippewa Falls, W-A-Y-Y, our affiliate up there. Let's take a break. We're going to get Ryan Glassbeagle on the horn. He writes to the New York Post, I want to talk not about antennas, although I could ask him about that, I suppose, the sun's giving away free antennas. I want to talk about what happened between Spectrum and Disney slash ESPN. And I also want to hear from him what he's hearing Packers, Bears, and what Bears fans are saying down in Chicago, because that's where he is. Let's take a break. Five minutes, and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Temple and Heilprin coming up in an hour and 20 minutes. And I say that because I love Temple and Heilprin, and I wish I could go check out the live show at Monks tonight, but I got something going on. Uh, I say that because I love those guys, but also there's some breaking Badgers news. Keontes Lewis is transferring, and uh, while I can give you my thoughts and while Vagabond John called in earlier and pointed out there's something fishy going on with Lewis, so I tip my cap to Vagabond John. I'm not the best person to give you the best breakdown. Jesse and Zach will be all over that at six o'clock and maybe just maybe we can connect with them and I can talk to Zach a little bit through this here soundboard before the show is done, but they might be busy too. So I don't want to guarantee anything. Uh, I'll send Zach a text when we get closer to six o'clock right now. Ryan Glass New York post is here. Want to pick his brain on a couple of things. Ryan's always cool about coming on. Ryan, good to have you back. How are you? What's new? of wisconsin near and dear to my heart i love that so you're down in chicago why don't we start with bears packers i said this i don't know 15 minutes ago i believe it the last couple of years i haven't been the guy to come on the air the day after the packers beat the bears and play the bears still suck and make fun of the bears because the packers have just been so much better and the bears have been rebuilding i don't think the bears have deserved it this week i feel a little different because they talk so much smack going into this game What's the reaction been like from fans, and then what are you hearing in in radio and in media down there? How have folks reacted to what the Bears oh. did on Sunday?
0: Pe- people are um, distraught. My like, you know, pe- pe- my old coworker Jeremy Layton, big Bears fan. He's telling the McCaskies to sell the team. Um, you know, Edo. My favorite um, Bears tears content is this guy like Edo Bradovich. He's in his eighties and. He does a show on WGN with another ex-Bear, Dan Hampton. And Obradovich used to do that um, with, like, another ex-Bear, Doug Buffone, but he sadly passed. But this guy's 83. He's like, Justin Fields is not a franchise quarterback. Yeah. And he just goes on and on and on. And he's very, very angry about the team's, like, preparation. And so I was just, like, walking on clouds on Monday, listening to all everything I could get. My hands on in that regard.
2: Well, the Bears have made it so much worse for themselves, even since Sunday, like Jaquan Brisker is telling fans to be patient and saying that this was a slap in the face in week one that they needed. It's like, my guy, be patient. You guys were the ones that hyped this up. You, you, all of your comments throughout the summer gave your fans reason to believe that this was going to go differently. And and not only did it not go differently, this thing was over in the third quarter If if not for a couple boneheaded penalties on Joe Barry's defense, this game would have been over right after halftime. So I get Bears fans' frustrations totally. I'm trying to figure out how I feel about Justin Fields. I feel like you can only say that the the offensive coordinator and the supporting cast is doing a player dirty for so long. At some point, it's on Fields to show something, right?
0: And it's kind of all the above, but that's why, you know, in sports conversation, we always act like, especially a quarterback, is singularly responsible for whether he's a success or a failure. And the reality is, what organization, what coaching staff, what GM you land with is at least combined as important as the individual's talent. Yeah. And so, you know, if like Justin Fields went and played with Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan or something like that, you'd expect him, Sean McVay, you'd be expect him to be a lot better. But also, you know, there, the film study shows, there's like a lot of blame to go around. There were times where he missed open reads. And it's tough because one, we, we've been really lucky. I'm not even sure how old you are, Grant. But like with Packers, we've had a really good offensive line for like 30 years now, and we kind of take it for granted. And so you see like the second Aaron Rodgers gets behind this shaky Jets offensive line, he's dead. And that makes you think, hmm, was I harder on Zach Wilson than maybe I should be because he's just, you know, he snaps the ball and there's one of these defensive behemoths about to just crush his bones. And so the, the Bears didn't have like, Fields didn't have a lot of time but then when he does have time he just tucks it down and runs and misses the open reads and he doesn't have such an accurate deep ball either and so it's like i don't know how much of it is him versus how much of the fact the bears have had you know shaky quarterback player all lives but uh it doesn't look like it's going to work with
2: him there Well, a lot of Bears fans, I know they just want the answer. They want to know if Justin Fields is the guy or not. And I feel like the longer we go without an answer, that's your answer. Like, if it takes this long and you're still looking and watching, even with DJ Moore and Claypool, and I I know they aren't great, but they're not awful. And I'm about criticizing the offensive coordinator, the head coach, and the supporting cast, when a quarterback is going eight and nine or nine and eight and just missing out on the playoffs. Like Justin Herbert, great example when a quarterback and a team is going three and 14, it can't all be on the supporting cast. It can't all be on the coach. And I feel like that's the situation that fields was in last year and, and might be in this year. But if we don't have an answer, I think the lack of an answer is the answer. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Oh are yeah,
0: the Bucks, though. So we're going to have to, sure. <laughs> if they win in Tampa this week, all of a sudden their season's like not dead. If they lose this week, their season's dead already. Yeah. Um, but I guess like, let's, like, wait to write Fields' obituary at least until we see if they win this week.
2: Totally. And I think the Bears could be focused this weekend and the game plan could be tweaked a little bit and look so much better. I I do think there's a chance that week one, everything went wrong. I mean, we saw that with the Packers the last couple of years. Week one can be very weird. Yeah, but, oh,
0: man, looking at our defense, though, we'll get to love, I'm sure, but can you remember, it's been a long time since they've had this many guys as big and fast and capable of making impact plays at any time. Like they moved Wyatt into the middle and all of a sudden he's just a game wrecker and, you know, busting through Van Ness, um, like field thought he was going to run around him, And, but this guy is like a defensive lineman and just catches him right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. It seems like one to 11 and they stay healthy This Packers defense might, like, just have a bunch of dogs on it.
2: I was talking with my dad on Sunday. We were texting about all those penalties they had. A lot of boneheaded penalties from the Packers defense. A couple personal fouls and taunting penalties. And, you know, if that's the price we have to pay for an aggressive, hard-hitting, cocky defense, honestly, I might take it. Right, because that's the way we've wanted our defense to play for years. And if that means eh, taunting penalty every once in a while, you kind of got to
0: give up a lot of yards, but create takeaways. But that's what they did in the Super Bowl championship year most recently. Like that, that defense just, you know, you watch Charles Woodson highlights and he had more impact plays on his own in those. Than maybe like the Packers D has had combined in the last decade, yeah. and it feels like we might finally have three or four people who can um, force the ball into our defenses' hands. Um, yeah. and then for, for offense, you know, love his stats were really heavily padded by those two long Jones uh run and catches, but even still, like I didn't, I had no idea that Reed was gonna come in and make an impact this soon. like Romeo dubs and Rogers didn't really connect basically at all. And now all of a sudden dubs is catching two touchdowns. Musgrave looks like our best tight end since Jermichael Finley was like hopping. And so, you know, this team has a lot of talent. It looks like
2: I'm a fan. I'm excited to watch them in week two. They got the Falcons coming up this weekend. Ryan glass Beagle, New York post is here. Let's talk about the Rogers injury. Cause it was a bizarre scene on on Monday night, and I, I'll take your thoughts on, on Monday night and what you saw watching that game if, if you have thoughts that you want to share. But also moving forward, the Jets have a primetime game on Sunday Night Football, Kansas City Week 4, Chargers Week 9, against the Raiders Week 10. They're supposed to be in Dallas to play Mike McCarthy this weekend. They'll still be there. It just won't be the Aaron Rodgers-McCarthy yeah. matchup. How does this change the league and how we watch and, and view the league moving forward for the rest of the season, too?
0: Well, you know, Grant, the so Sunday night football, the second half or late in the year or whatever, has flex scheduling that has also started now with ESPN's Monday night football and Amazon's Thursday night football. So, I don't think we're gonna if the Jets are really bad now, maybe Wilson like is takes a step up and he's mature and they stay in the mix longer than what's anticipated right now. But if they're terrible, then those games are going to get flexed out and better games are going to get put in their place. I, You know, obviously CBS would rather have Rogers in this game on Sunday against the Cowboys, but this isn't a terrible, you know, game that they're stuck with. The Cowboys as a team have long been the league's biggest draws and the networks fight over how many Cowboys games they get a year. And just big market. Plus there's like a lot of intrigue to see how they respond to this Rogers injury. Yeah. So no, it's not like that premier matchup it was before, but it's not, you know, a sour lemon either.
2: So I selfishly always like to ask you a sports media question or two. I saw you doing a lot of good reporting on what came to pass between espn and spectrum and a lot of people in in wisconsin and i i know cable providers are different around the country like i know my grandma lives in arizona she has cox right and i only know that because sometimes i use her login to watch things online well whatever i I, it's a big deal in wisconsin because i know a lot of people who have spectrum and all of a sudden week one college football couldn't watch anything how did this get resolved what did they have to give and take to make this happen and what if anything do we need to know moving forward about the way this got resolved
0: It got resolved because Disney agreed to a wholesale price to sell Disney plus and ESPN plus to spectrum subscribers. So if you're on, I don't even know. So like select whatever mumbo jumbo tier, you get Disney plus if you're a charter subscriber. Sure. And then a tier greater than that, you get ESPN plus. So the like with ads, Disney Plus is seven ninety nine a month if you were going to buy it directly from Disney, and I think ESPN Plus is right around there too. Now you just get those if you're a Spectrum subscriber on a certain tier, and that was what they were haggling over and ultimately agreed to. And then a bunch of uh, channels now that Disney used to carry on Charter are going to be gone from there, like FXX. A couple of like the like you know National Geographic two National Geographic three like there there's probably eight or so channels that are niche channels that are going to be gone effective now.
2: National Geographic three was my favorite of the National Geographic channels. <laughs> uh, so luckily I it have had, uh, direct a TV. word like
0: <laughs> it had it was some other it's some name it wasn't three but it's like whatever their second tier and third tier National Geographic channels are are gone now. I love Um, And like, you know, Charter's argument was you're using the money we pay you for ESPN and ABC and using it to build products that compete against us. So you're either going to need to rebundle this stuff so it all is in one place through us or we're going to move on. And I actually think Charter might have been willing to move on, but this is kind of like nitty-gritty. There's a guy named John Malone who's their biggest shareholder. He's also a big shareholder in Warner Brothers Discovery, which owns HBO, TNT, TBS, and some other networks. Yeah. And he it's not in his best interest with WBD to kill the cable bundle right now Correct. Because the next few years, they need to make a lot of money from those channels at WBD. It's, Charter doesn't own it. It's just the same guy who owns a lot of Charter also owns a lot of that. And so um, you kind of... Th- this guy, I- I've studied him a lot, and I kind of anticipated that he was not going to make this last forever.
2: Yeah, well, especially in football season. I You can only last so long. People for a week or two... Th- they would deal with it. But eventually, I, I'm just like, I watch too much sports. I'm going to get direct TV. I'm going to figure out something else. So I think Spectrum got this resolved quickly and and definitely in their best interest during football season. Ryan Glassbeagle, read his stuff. He's on Twitter at Ryan Beagle, New York Post. I appreciate you so much, Ryan. Thank you for the time. All right. Thanks, Grant. Talk soon. Ryan Glassbeagle, always appreciate his time. New York Post, he's on Twitter at Sports Report. Let's take our last break of the hour, come back. Start to get into some calls, talk a little Packers-Falcons, because we're to the point of the week. Now we're looking forward towards this weekend. No longer talking about Packers-Bears, but now we're in preview mode. Packers-Falcons coming up Sunday. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the
1: Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Sports show. it up hour number one. We appreciate Ryan Glassbeagle. Ross Tucker coming up at 5.30. Temple and Heilprin be fired up at 6 o'clock. Keontas Lewis is transferred, so we'll have to get those thoughts. Or has entered the transfer portal. Should say. sake of accuracy. Cone Roller is here, or as he told me off the air, Antenna Boy. He's part of the Antenna Gang. Cone, welcome. How are you?
4: Grants, this might be the best day in Phoenix sports history. <laughs> yes. Today. It is pretty cool. How often yeah, I mean, how often do these billionaires come in and they make everything more complicated? You look at the Cubs with the marquee network. You know, why? Ishbia is setting an example across all leagues that, hey, let's get our product out there to as many people as possible and do it over through an antenna. Yeah. No stupid streaming app, no, nothing that requires Wi-Fi. You know, let's just get an antenna in each house and get them Suns game. It's it's that simple, and I hope this sets a really, really good precedent moving forward across all sports leagues.
2: Do you think, I mean, Phoenix is a distracted place. You can go outside, it's warm, you can go hiking. There's many sports teams. It's not like in Wisconsin, you know, it's cold. We're going to find a way to watch the Packers and the Bucks. Phoenix, ah, there's a lot to do. I don't. I don't know. I think this will motivate people to actually watch, maybe, whereas before they didn't.
4: Yeah, I think so, honestly, too, because, you know, down here, it's a bunch of transplants, a lot of people from the Midwest in general. So, you know, not a lot of people that are diehard Phoenix Suns fans. So I think he's he's attacking it great. He's going to get Phoenix Suns basketball for free in front of a lot of people that probably wouldn't have paid, you know, 20 bucks a month or whatever it is to, to stream them. So you know, I, I just submitted my form to get an antenna, and I might be a Suns fan this winter.
2: That about well? I mean, when the Bucks offer to send you away to watch them for free, I guess maybe you'll start watching Bucks games again. I can't blame you.
4: Yeah, exactly. And plus, the Bucks got a little bit of a diva problem with their superstar. <laughs> to Be honest.
2: Uh next time. Night. No, let's talk. Let's talk about that next time we talk. Because I don't. I don't think he's a diva, but I, I know where you're coming from, and I don't want 100 percent disagree with where I think you're coming yeah.
4: from. Yeah that's fine he's not a diva but he just needs to take some responsibility for the way he's
2: played thanks Grant Mm -hmm. appreciate you Cone have an awesome night we're gonna take a two-minute break get an update from Zach as we get closer to Temple and Heilpern coming up at six they're live at Monks in Sun Prairie so make your plans to get over there watch some football taking some football talk from Jesse and Zach Hour two of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next
0: played a complete game four quarters it was far from perfect and there's a lot of cleanup. but i thought our guys played hard they played physical and that's exactly what we've been talking about all all season
1: this is where wisconsin gathers to talk sports Packers, brewers badgers bucks the wisco sports show is on the air now here's your host grant bills
2: Got Valley Sports Wisconsin on the screen in front of me here on the TV because the Brewers played earlier this afternoon. I was watching it, and it's the Badger Report—you know, the weekly program they run or whatever—and we just got news that Keontez Lewis is entering the transfer portal uh, just after four o'clock. And I'm gonna look up and laugh at this pre-recorded show. If there's anything, I just hope they have a whole segment about Keontez Lewis and how excited they are to get him in the phone. Fu- I just love pre-recorded sports programs because you never know. Things can change just like that, especially nowadays with social media and with the 24-7 coverage we get of sports. You know, things change all the time. So I'm going to keep an eye on this program. Uh, we're going to get Badgers Talk with Zach and Jesse, Temple and Heilprin, coming up at 6 o'clock. So if you want news about the Keontes Lewis or you want, I should say, analysis of the Keontes Lewis news, Got that coming up in just a little bit. I want to get some calls because we had a long time with Ryan Glass-Beagle. The show started a little late. So I want to make sure we have time to get everybody in here. Denny is in Holman. He's been patiently waiting. Denny, hello. Welcome.
5: Thanks for the uh, taking my call. I appreciate it, Grant. Yeah, of course. Um, hey, I just wanted to say that uh, I wanted to give the women's volleyball um, kudos for they broke the uh, record of 17,037. yeah. For their highest attended women's sporting event in wisconsin and largest indoor uh, regular season match which i think is pretty incredible the way they've been playing this year
2: volleyball is becoming a spectator sport in the state and i don't just think it's because they've been really good um they have been really good right. and that helps a lot but i think a lot of people are realizing like this is this is actually really fun to watch like this isn't boring right, at all right. this is a good good spectator sport even on tv
5: right definitely what was your uh, thoughts on the Packers signing that uh michael jordan did you think that was a good signing
2: well he's got the name certainly i don't yeah. have a, a big breakdown for you except you know I, I did laugh a little bit it's like the jets have this terrible offensive line they can't keep their quarterbacks healthy and what is it on a random tuesday or wednesday here are the packers scrounging the waiver wire, scrounging the transaction wire for an extra offensive lineman they think they can bring in and, and develop. So I do think it matches kind of the personality of the Packers and the way they do business.
5: Definitely. I agree with you. Um,
2: so how was your uh, Robert Cray concert you went to? Robert Cray was great. Hey, here's the thing, Denny. Robert Cray is a lot like B.B. King after seeing him and, and hearing what he sounds like with a full band. He's a lot like B.B. King and that people I don't think give him credit for how good of a singer he is. Some of these old, ever, old-timer blues guys, B.B. Yeah. They're, they're, King is an unbelievable singer, crazy good, but it's blues, so we don't really think of it as a type of music that's hard to sing, but he's 70 years old, Denny, he was unbelievable, he was such a smooth, really? perfect singer, yeah. See, I saw
5: B.B. King and Susan Tedeschi, oh. and they were together, and that was just awesome, it just blew me away, you know.
2: Talk about good singers. He,
5: you bet. You bet. And I bet when he played smoking gun, I bet that was like a uh, highlight of your night. huh?
2: Smoking gun was pretty cool. It was. And I really liked this show, Denny, because it was in a theater and I got to sit the whole time.
5: I didn't have to stand yeah, up. No. Oh, definitely. That's awesome. Man. I,
2: I felt like I was in a movie. I just leaned back in my little movie theater seat and took it all in. I didn't have to get up and awkwardly stand or sway back and forth, you know?
5: You know, I think uh, Bakhtiari, he could take all week off if he plays like he did last Sunday, huh?
2: Yeah, seriously. He's one of the best left tackles in football. He never needs a practice.
5: Right, right, right. I know there was talk about trading him to the Kansas City and all for um, Bakhtiari, and then we would get uh, Jones and stuff. But really? I see Jones signed a one-year contract anyway. So
2: I didn't hear those rumors. You must be really in deep on, on some of these NFL circles and these conversations. That yeah. would be an interesting trade.
5: It was. I thought, too, I thought, well, you know, Bakhtiari's good, and, but he's a little injury-prone, you know. But, I mean, Chris Jones, I mean, to have him would be just like having when we got Reggie White, you know.
2: Oh, well, I'm not going to completely disagree with you. And the defensive line group's already great. Tad a superstar like that next to Kenny Clark, that'd be awesome. Denny, I gotta move along because I want to get to okay. Bretton Tosa, Vagabond John waiting. Appreciate you. you Thanks, have a great night. Yeah, you as well. That's Denny and Holman. Nice to hear from you, Denny. Six oh eight three two one sixteen seventy. Bretton Tosa is here patiently waiting to talk this big Brewers win that helped him secure the series over the Marlins. Bretton Tosa, welcome. What's going on?
6: Hey, Grant. Yeah, I'm I'm calling in to to admit, admit I was wrong about Tyrone Taylor. I, I've been wanting him be a fade for the last two seasons now and i i still don't think he's an everyday player and i i still was frustrated with i think mean, he got too much playing time last year but with that being said he's a good fourth outfielder and you gotta ride him when he's hot and he's hot right now and he's taking ruddy to Les's job at dh and tyrone taylor deserves every bit of paint playing time he's getting
2: What's Tyrone Taylor's deal? How would you describe him as a player? If a fan of another team were to ask you, like, what what's this Tyrone Taylor guy? What's he about? How would you describe him? How would you sum him up?
6: He's kind of like the, just the definition of a fourth outfielder. He doesn't do anything great, <laughs> but he also yeah. doesn't do anything... He doesn't do anything bad either. I mean, he's a... If you look at... I know his stats this year aren't going to look great because he was so brutal that first month when he came back from the elbow injury, but he's a 230, 240 hitter. He's got a little bit of pop. He plays a decent outfield, and he's probably the the best base runner coming into home plate in all baseball besides Trey Turner. I mean, yeah. some of the slides he's had coming into home plate have been remarkable. I just, I, I mean, he's he's going to be playing in the playoffs, I and mean, I think at the trade deadline, Arnold probably thought that we're going to get Carlos Santana to play first, and rudy Tellez is going to be our DH when he gets back, but that's that's not the case, and Kanye's going to play DH, and Tyrone Taylor is probably going to play right field um, Interesting. come October.
2: I mean, he's a great defender, got a big arm. Oh, that's the thing. There's nothing that he's bad at. He's a good defender, good arm, fast base runner, can hit for power. I don't know that he's better at any of those one individual skills than anyone else. But when he's hitting the ball and playing well, he can be a really nice, nifty player that helps his team win.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just, I guess my one concern with the team going forward still is, is just home runs win in October and they don't, I mean, maybe Donaldson gets hot here. He's, he's looked great so far, but they they need a little bit more slug. Um, Um, but if, if the big three can, can carry us and and pitch our way in October, I mean, you never know. And I, I'm just excited for that, that Tuesday, Wednesday after the season, October 3rd and 4th, I'm thinking the Brewers might have some, uh, 11 a.m. starts or, or early afternoon starts. And it should be fun to see the parking lots full and, Hopefully, Milwaukee getting rowdy for a playoff game because the, the crowds lately have been pitiful. I don't know what they got today, but I, I hope uh, Brewer fans come out and. And get ready for the playoffs.
2: Hopefully once we settle into the fact that football is back I, I think there's just such a there's just such an excitement when football comes back that we tunnel vision on football and we don't pay attention to anything else. Once we get a week or two into the season I think we settle back in and the Brewers yes we still pay attention. We're probably not as dialed as we are on the Packers and I, I know that's probably not the case for you. I'm just speaking in, in generalities for the state Brett but I think maybe once the buzz from football dies down just a little bit that'll help
6: I hope so and I, I get the whole week that I say and they only have three three more weeknight games here at home and it's it's that last week of the year so hopefully hopefully there's better crowds this weekend but i mean this this team's going to win the division i'm it's a wrap pretty much for me and it um i'm just hoping they don't i'm hoping they don't get the cubs or d-backs that I, I don't want the cubs in milwaukee and i don't want to face gallon and kelly in a in a three game set so i'm 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 scoreboard watching and hoping the, we get the marlins the reds or the giants although if we keep
2: beating the marlins we're probably gonna not do ourselves any favors so yeah we're hurting our chances in that first round appreciate you brett all right thanks grant yeah enjoy your time at the ballpark i know you're gonna be there give us live reports of the vibe what's the team feeling look like what's the crowd like vagabond john is here and vagabond john i'm, I'm gonna bring you in now i was kind of hoping you'd call tonight when i saw the Keontes lewis news because you didn't break this news earlier in the day but you were setting off alarms at noon at lunchtime today
7: Yeah, you know, I've got my uh, ear to the ground with these things. Uh, Grant, real quick, before we get to that, um, I have, uh, you know how Scott does song trivia with the Morning Guys? Mm Mm-hmm. One good reason. Do you know which pop punk band from the 90s and 2000s sang the song One Good Reason?
2: I will uh, embarrass myself and say no. I have no idea. We're uh, going through new covers to
7: learn, and our, our thought was, does anyone know the song One Good Reason by Blink-182, or are we getting too deep into, uh, See, into the— See,
2: I'm probably not the one to ask, though. I don't know any Blink-180. That era is completely lost on me. There's there's none of that music, the emo, early 2000s rock. It's, just, it's not in my brain, but I'm not representative of everyone else. A lot of, a lot of people my age love those songs. I It's just not for me. I'll ask Jesse Temple here in about 30 minutes when I get there to the But Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah,
5: this
7: this Keontae, Lewis, I think the the point that I want to make about it, I mean, obviously, it's a disgruntled wide receiver who showed tremendous down-the-field ability uh, in an offense that has been lacking, for the most part, down-the-field ability uh, consistency, right? I mean, we have these transfers. They're all transfers, including Keontae, and it just seems like he's disgruntled. He's losing playing time despite you know, even connecting with a quarterback as bad as Badger fans think Mertz is, right? So he's had some success. He gets to this year. All camp long we heal we hear Heilton pretty much every day putting Keontes Lewis at the top of his who stood out at practice to you all camp long, all summer long. Now we get to the playing time, we get to the season, and all of a sudden he's nowhere to be found on the field. What you'll hear is Luke Fickle go directly after him, right, and say it's about Tuesday and Wednesday. You gotta show up there, and he's kind of, you know, making a comment about the prior organization. Is that's the thing we're trying to get our guys to learn? Sure. And that's an aggressive statement from the head coach. And I'm kind of curious as to hear, you know, what comes out of the rest of the situation. But to accuse a kid of not bringing it Monday and Tuesday when he's been standing out at every practice, it seems is interesting. Uh, there's no real comment beyond. You know, this is what I would expect to be a trend. And any school that has a major turnover in the offensive system, of course, there's going to be guys that don't fit. Where is Marcus Allen these days, right? But this one was pretty shocking, given the journalism coverage uh, that Keonk has received.
2: It doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense. I mean, they can't come out and say it's because of NIL, but you're talking about how great he's been at practice, and it doesn't seem like there's been an issue. He just hasn't been playing. This is fascinating, and I hope that that I get a chance to pick the brain of either Zach or Jesse right before the show is over, if they're set up and and they're willing to hop on here for just a minute or two, because I don't really know what to make of this. I'm excited to hear what Jesse and Zach have to say, and I've enjoyed your your thoughts on this throughout the day, too, Vagabond John. You called this earlier today.
7: I just tweeted at his brother. I said, look, man, your brother is getting absolutely dragged by the head coach publicly right now because nobody else has transferred. So obviously, when Luke Fickle's not naming names, he's clearly naming a name. Uh, we'd love to hear the full story, and I see the guys from Badgers Wire and Badgers still going after him. So I don't know if his brother signed up for all this publicity he's trying to—he's about to get now. But um, obviously, his social media commentary combined with his dad's—by the way, his dad's been re- retweeting and reposting everything. So I don't think the family from uh, East St. Louis there is going to be very quiet about this one.
2: Well, it was like when Odell Beckham's dad his son out of cleveland remember that that's one of the most forgotten wild nfl stories of the last few years is his dad literally got him traded to a super bowl contender where he was great
7: yep as the barstool guy said the other day um we're missing that wide receiver diva we need someone to do this and now we've got in the badger community we've at least got keonta lewis to to hold up the wide receiver diva role in our in our role play
2: here. We need a diva. It's like Onabam told us last week that every World Series contending team throughout the years has had a guy that doesn't play that much, right? Every maybe college football. I mean, think of, I wouldn't say that Pickens was a diva at Georgia, but some of these bigger name wide receivers at college, they want the ball, man. I, I don't blame him. He hasn't even played. He hasn't been on the field, let alone getting getting reps and getting the ball in game. Yep, and, uh,
7: you know, obviously Braylon Allen didn't seem the happiest with his uh, workload, so now there's two. What do, right? what do we and, think, and, by the way, like, what, the,
2: what do we think about those Braylon Allen comments? I know we talked about this earlier. I saw Andy Shaft tweeting about it, I know has really good perspective on a lot of Badgers things. I don't know what to make of that.
7: Yeah, like I mentioned earlier today on, the, on, the, on Bill's show, um, every athlete has to stand up for themselves, right? So with Braylon Allen, I totally respect what he's saying. That being said, It does take a level of frustration on a personal level uh, to get there, right? So he's not to the point where, you know, maybe he's going to transfer to Ohio State like some Badger fans are terrified of. But, you know, he's to the point where uh, he's upset with the relationship enough to, you know, go talk some crap maybe to his buddies at the bar. Maybe he's not confronting, you know, the other person in his relationship directly. But to me, it sounds like there's a little ruffled feathers on a couple of different things. And I think it's just, growing pains in a frustrating offense. This team was expected to come out and score 50 points a game. Right? And I think when that reality didn't hit, these guys spend all summer hyping themselves up on social media. And then when you get stopped and you get 13 touches and you get one yard per carry or whatever, all those social media hype posts, I want to be the best. I want to be the best running back in the country. Yeah. Like, Come on, man. I don't care how many carries you got. You got seven and you didn't do crap. So, you know, a little bit of shut up and play coming to me right now, but Shut um, up and shut up and time, dribble.
2: Is that what you're saying, Vagabond, John? You're saying shut up and dribble. Nice. Yeah, I mean, prove it, right? <laughs> yeah. For him, for Dantez
7: yes. Lewis, if your talent's good enough, it doesn't matter what the NIL situation is off the field. But but right now, it just seems like this Badgers offense has kind of lost its identity. Clearly, you know, in the same way, we've seen major players leave teams and impact. I saw Skylar Bell already tweeting about it, about how he's really disappointed. that You know, one of his best friends is leaving the team. These guys they're affected personally by this. In the yeah. same way, you know, if you're Brewers fan, you remember kind of the energy off of Josh Hader, and it's a kind of an extreme correlation there. But um, one thing real quick, your last guest that you had yeah. just compared the 2023 Packers defense to the 2009 Packers defense. I, I, of course, could not let this call go without pointing that out. <laughs> and that is, that's something. You know, over here in the Joe Berry Fan Club, we took note of that for sure
2: you all at the club i i cannot believe there is a second member of the club but you're telling me you all at the club took notice of this and you're discussing right now
7: all three of us me myself and i man we are it's a party cuz we just we just got our first real journalism you know uh, badge of badge of uh, honor there getting compared to the 2009 defense after week 1 so
2: look we're excited love i love it thank you Vagabond John appreciate you Yep, later, Grant. We got one more caller on hold. Hmm. We got to get to Ross Tucker. I want to talk to him for about 10 minutes. We have time. I would bet, I I keep saying dollars to donuts this week. I think this is Tony in Texas. That's what my host senses are telling me. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this?
8: Even better, it's
2: Eric on I-90. Eric on I-90, you son of a gun. What's going on? Your Vikings play tonight
8: coming at you on a Thursday down Interstate 90. Down, my Interstate.
2: Night. Oh my God. Are they going to win? Last year they played week two in Philly on Thursday night. Didn't go so hot. Got off to a slow start.
8: I called in this morning and talked to the boys this morning. I wasn't feeling good, but then I went into work and I had a whole change of attitude. I went into work today. I pulled into the parking lot and I, I I made a phone call to work and I gave them curtains kirk russell's best movie line ever in tombstone i said you tell those curs i'm coming you tell those curs i'm coming and hell's coming with me i love it And i walked in there i walked in there and i treated problems like i was john wick there was a problem i shot it and then another problem i just shot it i shot it right in the head problem after problem somebody had a problem i said So, so, you had a productive day at work.
2: Me. You carried this Thursday night energy with you through work. Okay. I
8: did have a productive Now, I'm carrying it to tonight for a big win for the Vikings. That is exactly what I'm doing. I also seen two A 10 Warhawks right by Camp Douglas coming in for a landing.
2: Really?
3: And I
8: thought that is a Vikings win coming in for a landing right there.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. So,
8: I'm fired up. I am fired up. Are you going to be watching the game
2: tonight? Oh, yeah, of course. What am I going to talk about? i got to do Bill's show tomorrow and my show. If I don't watch the Vikings, what the heck am I going to talk about at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning?
8: Well, you know, are you going to watch it with your lovely bride?
2: No, although I, I probably am going to talk to her. I She probably, I don't mean to be like, I, I, what I was about to say makes it sound like I'm dissing her. I am not. There's a, there's a 50-50 chance she doesn't know that her Vikings are playing tonight, so I'll, I'll probably have to let her know.
8: Well, you tell the lovely Miss Whistle <laughs> to put out the Viking bites and uh and we're gonna win tonight. Oh. Tell her to get
2: on board. Well I'm glad All that right? you think so. Yeah. Well take that take that energy home to Mrs. I ninety. You two enjoy the game tonight, okay? We're gonna be up tonight. We're
8: gonna be rooting for the bikes and I think I think listen, another things too. Yeah. If Kirk Dutton takes off and it looks like he's slow, when he's running, that's just, that's not, that's not the buffering that's going on with the streaming. That's him. All right? That's, listen, he's almost like the Flash or the Six Million Dollar Man. Yep. Where he's running really slow, but he's really moving. He's running across the field like nine times.
2: Yeah, he's playing a you trick on my eyes. Him. Is that what you're saying?
8: Only, right. You're only seeing little flashes of him, but he's going. Like that guy on the uh, X Men. What's his name? I, that guy awesome.
2: I didn't know you were an X Men guy.
8: Well, some of them I am. Okay, but, so, well, some
2: know, are better than others.
8: You have a, Yeah, you have a great day, Grant and uh, ahead. <laughs> one other thing. Yeah. Dan Daniel Daniel Zoma. Yep. He does, he does. He does. He doesn't like listening to the Vikings because he's got to drive over. He's got the Vikings radio. He doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm gonna give some advice to a fellow i 90 traveler. Yep. All he's gotta do is take a smartphone out. Deep, dig deep. You gotta dig deep for like your uh, you know, you gotta be a little scientific here. You gotta be a oh a little Jason Bornish, and you just stream WKTY. He can stream it, and he can listen to you guys anytime he wants. So, Daniel, that's what you can do, and you don't have to listen to those. Douchebag up on K fan, and uh, of course he's going to want to listen tomorrow because if they lose, he's 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 like you. He's going to go and listen to the opposing team's radio cry about it. Well, it's
2: good, I clean fun, don't we all love that? We all love that.
8: I do that. I listen to that Packers Bulls game when they lose. I. I it's better than the game
2: sometimes. That's where you find your Dick Briscoe. It's right well, there. At least K-Fan is, I say this respectfully, at least K-Fan is pretty entertaining. The Packers post game normally puts me to sleep, but uh, that's because it's on late at night. I don't mean to call out fellow broadcasters and they're employees of the team, so they can only be so entertaining. I get it, but Packers post game can be a little snippy sometimes. All right, Eric, I, I got to run. I'm behind. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye, and thank you for assisting Daniel and Toma. Imagine if Eric on I-90 and Daniel and Toma met. I think the world would explode. Three minutes, Wisco Sports Show back after that.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show got about five minutes of chat, and then we got to take another break. Gonna get to. Ross Tucker, CBS Sports. here on Westwood One broadcast on the radio. I want to get his thoughts on the Packers, what he saw from Jordan Love and some of the other games around the NFL in Week 1. He also compared uh, Taysom Hill to Jim Thorpe, which rules. That's that's the type of analysis we need more of, and I want to ask him about that comment. He caught some flack for that, uh, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with him, I just love the analysis. I want to talk more about it. That's coming up in a few minutes. Temple and Heilprin coming up at 6 o'clock. So if you're out and about in Madison and you're like, man, I would love to stop and get a beer or two after work. And wouldn't it be great if I could do it someplace that they had football on? And I guess I haven't had dinner. I'd like to get a bite to eat. And, and it would be cool if I could stop at a bar where there's football on and there's food and drink specials. And... Maybe there's two experts talking about the Badgers for a full hour and I could ask them questions, introduce myself and, you know, just check out a live radio show because live radio shows are really fun. Oh, my God, do I have the thing for you? I, 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 You you thought you couldn't find all those things in one place, but you can. Monks and Sun Prairie on the west side. That'll fire up at six o'clock. Go see Zach and Jesse. They're going to talk about the news of Keontez Lewis entering the transfer portal and the Badgers losing to Washington on Saturday night. Washington State. Those two things probably are connected in some way. I would wager that Keontez Lewis playing almost no snaps uh, played a larger role in him entering the transfer portal than the Badgers losing. Braylon Allen also didn't get a ton of carries in the second half. This is weird. This is weird. I, uh... I'm a personal responsibility guy. Called me old-fashioned. Call me Republican if you want, if you want to put a label on me. I'm a big fan of personal responsibility. One of my pet peeves in sports is when a player comes up short, a player doesn't have a great game, a player doesn't have a good playoff series. We blame teammates. We blame the organization. We blame the head coach. We do this in the NBA way too much, where it's like, Joel Embiid, he might ask out of Philly. Well, he can. He can knock himself out, but if we're being honest about his playoff shortcomings, a lot of it's him. His playoff averages. Are way lower than his regular season averages. He's just not as effective, and and some of that is the organization, and they made missteps, but missteps. But also, like Joel Embiid hasn't been perfect in the playoffs. He hasn't been great. And right now, you know, Giannis is making headlines for some of his comments. Cohn brought this up earlier, where he's like, "Well, I want to win. I want to contend for championships. And if I can't do that in Milwaukee, then yeah, someday I'll, I'll leave." And I completely and totally get that. He said that forever. None of that is new. But I also think like, hey Giannis, you know, you were perfect against the Heat this year, man. You know, you miss you miss shots in crunch time. Your game regressed a little bit this last year. You know, parts of your jump shot, your mid-range game And that's fine. That's fine. That doesn't make Giannis a bad person. That doesn't mean that we need to rip him. It means he didn't have a great playoff series. That happens. Not every player has a great playoff run every year. That's what's cool about sports is we don't know what's going to happen. But when a player doesn't have a good series or a good game or a good season, call a spade a spade and say that player didn't have it. Next year, we try again. Instead of, well, the Bucs are running out of time. The Bucs didn't do anything wrong. The Bucs, man, I'll go to bat for the Bucks any day of the week. The Bucs won a title in 2021, a couple of months after going all in on Drew Holiday. They also tried to get Bogdan Bogdanovich. Now, they weren't successful, but the Bucs went all out after coming up short in 2019. And in 2019 or slash 2020, you know, Giannis wasn't great in that playoff series. Middleton wasn't great. It would have been easy for the Bucs to say, well, Giannis has got to get better. Chris has got to be better. They got to be better. It's all that Bud ever said. But they aggressively went out and got better. And then they added P.J. Tucker midseason. They won the title, and they started spending more money. The Bucs were more committed to winning. It would have been easy for the Bucs to do what the Cubs did post-2016, which was just kind of stop. Take their foot off the gas a little bit. And instead of re-signing Rizzo and Bryant and Baez and Contreras and and all those guys, they just kind of let them go. The Bucs didn't do that. The Bucs actively went more all in in 2022 and in 2023 to win a title, traded away a bunch of second round picks, eaten a bunch of salary cap penalties last year, luxury tax penalties, and the team came up short in the playoffs. And and part of that was Drew didn't play great and Giannis got hurt, but also Giannis was far from perfect. And I just wish when when players, in this case, Keontas Lewis or Braylon Allen are upset with playing time or upset with coaching or upset with the organization. Yeah, sometimes coaches make mistakes and sometimes organizations aren't you know, all the way functional. Maybe they're not making the best decisions, but a lot of times player has a bad game. Vagabond John pointed it out like Braylon Allen got some carries and didn't do much with them. And that's fine, but let's be better this week and then try to get better next week. That it's part of the ups and downs of, of professional sports or college sports. It's not always the fault of the organization or the coach or the GM, but that's kind of my generation's thing. We like to make it about anybody other than the player. And I don't like that. (sighs) I'm a personal responsibility guy. You're responsible for your stuff. That's how I feel. Call me old fashioned. Five minutes. We're going to come back, talk NFL with Russ Tucker. Ross Tucker, next on the Wisco Sports Show.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you listening tonight. I'm on Twitter, at WiscoGrant. Going to shut the phone downs for a little bit. Appreciate Eric on I-90 and Cone, Vagabond John, Brett and Tosa. Always nice to hear from Brett and Tosa. Denny and Holman as well. Denny and Holman saw B.B. King and Susan Tedeschi in the same night. Denny, I underestimated you. It's not that I don't think you're capable of going to see Bitchin' concerts. I guess I, I just wouldn't have guessed. I underestimated you. I'm sorry for that. Ross Tucker joined me on the Bill Michael show earlier today. Odyssey sports CBS Westwood one. Here is our conversation talking about the Packers and the NFL at large after just one week. Enjoy loaded show today, including Ross Tucker, who joins us now. Odyssey sports CBS sports. He's got the Ross Tucker podcast as well. He's all over the place, creating a ton of content. Ross, all are right to it. I appreciate you joining us. We're a Packers show. Did you have a chance to see any of Jordan Love this weekend? And if so, what did you think?
9: Yeah, I did. And uh, I was pretty impressed. And my article for the 33rd team isn't out yet, but I think it's really a significant, Grant. You know, I mean, any young quarterback, any new quarterback, I think it's hard to overstate how valuable it is if they get off to a fast start because. You know, those guys have seen him in practice. They've seen him do some good things. They've seen him in the preseason games and even some regular season action. But it's not the same as when you're the guy and everybody knows you're the guy. And for him to go out there and play the way he did, you know, he wasn't perfect. You know, there's some throws I think he'd like to have back, but I thought he played really, really well. And then what that does is that, that just – enables the entire organization to have more belief, more faith, more confidence, really everything they're doing, you know, whether it's the coaches in the play calling or the teammates when they get behind in a game or they're in a bad situation. It's just uh, really, really, really significant in my mind that he got off to such a good start with everybody kind of wondering and all the the concerns, to get off to such a good start on the road against the Bears. Was tremendous. And what's interesting to me about it, Grant, is I on Thursdays, Ross Tucker football podcast, I always have the great Greg Cosell yeah, from NFL Films on the show, and he talked about the fact that you know Love looked very comfortable going through his reads. You know, from one to two to three, and even that one touchdown throw to Dobbs was really his third read. So I think that, that that's just highly highly encouraging that Love appears to be that comfortable in Matt LaFleur's offense.
2: Ross, you you played in this league. Tell me about the dynamic of a team where the quarterback might not be great, but the quarterback is good enough and the defense plays really well and the running game and the wide receivers. Because for years in Green Bay and in Wisconsin, Ross, we've been used to a team that's led by a star quarterback and you just cross your fingers that everyone else can do enough now that dynamic is flipped a little bit, and we saw plenty of that in Week 1, right? The Cowboys were great. Dak didn't have to do much. Brock Purdy just has to deliver the ball. What's a dynamic like on that team for players on the defense or on the O-line when it's kind of more of a shared responsibility between the quarterback and everybody else?
9: Yeah, you know, um, that's interesting you say that, right? Because what happens there is if the defense is carrying the team, that's fine as long as the offense is doing their part, right? You yep. can't have... The quarterback turning it over. You can't have um, the quarterback, or you know, or, and the offense not putting up any points. Right? Like, they don't even necessarily lay it on fire. But I've been on some teams where, man, our defense was like top five, and we just we just couldn't get it done. And it's like those guys start looking at you sideways, man. You know? I mean, they get to the point where they're like, listen. Just give us, like, two touchdowns. That's all we need. Two touchdowns and don't no turn it over. We'll win. And so then you, it's almost like it ratchets the pressure up because you're like, crap, these guys are right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're that good. We just can't screw this up for them.
2: I want to ask you about the Ravens because a lot of people bought a lot of stock in Lamar Jackson this offseason and Todd Monken and some of their additions on offense. And I, I like the new offensive coordinator. I like the additions, but I don't know if, if the hype uh was I don't know accurate I think people got really out over their skis with the Ravens they looked fine in week one but not great what's your assessment of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens now that the band is kind of back together after a really weird finish to last season in Baltimore
9: well I thought it was uh I thought it was unimpressive right I mean it's one of the worst games Lamar's ever had and they won by a bunch so nobody cares but um, it's kind of early, so I don't want to jump to conclusion. Of course, but um, man, I thought it was unimpressive by the Ravens. Now they lose Dobbins for the year. They lose Marcus Williams for the year. Their center Linderbaum's banged up. Their left tackle Stanley's banged up. You know, they might have won that battle, but uh, I'm not gonna say they lost the war. But it's not real good.
2: The war's off. Nah, not off to a great start, uh, at least. I think we can say that for sure. Tell me what it's like on a team when you get blown out in week one, because there's a couple of these games, the Giants, the Bengals, the Steelers. I, I think those fans and those players would just like to draw it up. Hey, it was a preseason game. Flush it. Move on. What's it like being on a team? Say the Bengals. You're saying, well, we're not panicking, but now you got to go into week two where the pressure is. Everything's back to normal in week two. What's that like for a team that gets off to a miserable start?
9: Well, it's a really, really uh, bad environment. There's no question. I mean, the buildup and the excitement for that first game is significant. And then next thing you know, you're getting embarrassed. And I think there's just a probably an increased sense of urgency to get it done the next week, right? You don't want to be in that situation again where you're 0-2. I think people are aware of, you know, the real challenge is to make the playoffs when you start 0-2. It's you know it's like you're an uphill climb. So um, I think you'll see a bunch of those 0-1 teams play much, much better this week, including
2: the Bengals and the Steelers. They can't play much worse. The opponents get a little easier, at least in the case of the Steelers. They kind of ran into a buzzsaw last week. I think we all agree Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, class of the NFC. Real quick, if you had to pick another team that you would put in that tier of Super Bowl contender, which team would it be? Would it be the Lions, Seahawks? Who do you think?
9: Well, I don't think you can say the Seahawks after that game, man. True. I mean, I'm, you know, no Cooper Cup for the Rams, and they're able to just roll the Seahawks like that on the road. That was stunning to me. I would say, I would say Detroit probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you're right that those are still the top three teams, but I would say Detroit has a chance to to crash that party, especially when they get um, Jamison Williams back in the lineup and get even a little bit more explosive on the outside.
2: I like that a lot. Uh, lastly, and then I want to talk about a comment that you made last week, Jared Goff, Jordan Love, Uh, Dak Prescott Brock Purdy some of these quarterbacks led their teams to really impressive week one wins they didn't really have to play all that well is there something to be said in the NFL right now for constructing a team in a quarterback where the quarterback doesn't have to do too much because I look at Cincinnati and Buffalo and some of these teams that are led by their quarterbacks it was the quarterbacks that did less in week one that had a lot more success and those teams had a lot more success can you talk about that.
9: Well, I think it's just a one-week sample size. I think it's too small, and I think the big takeaway from week one maybe, and we talked about this on my Fantasy Feast podcast, was just that not many quarterbacks played that well. I mean, think about, like, the elite guys. Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, Allen, none of them really played that great. Correct. You know, None of them really put up numbers. So it's just one of those things, I think, lack of preseason reps, probably a factor in it as well but I'm not I'm not putting too much uh too much stock into it
2: and that's fair I like to overreact to everything that's what we do in sports talk radio so I had to ask uh la- lastly your uh your comment about taysom Hill you compared him to Jim Thorpe I saw a lot of people getting bent out of shape on the internet about your comment I actually love it can you talk about that for a sec because I got such a kick out of that comment
9: well I guess I don't I mean I don't understand why people are so upset about it I mean like Who, in my lifetime, who else is closer to what Jim Thorpe did, you know, than Taysom Hill from a football standpoint? Being able to play like every position, running back, fullback. They split him out at receiver. I mean, they give him jet sweeps. He's 7-2 and as a starting quarterback. I mean, I don't know any quarterback, Grant, that has started games at quarterback and then runs down the punt team or the kickoff team and makes tackles. I mean, just. Just that part of it is truly unique. And, I don't know, when I said one of the best pure players ever, I think some people thought I meant like, you know, Jerry Rice, Tom Brady. I'm not yeah. talking about that. I'm talking about all around pure football player. I mean, listen, Tom Brady's the best quarterback ever. Tom Brady couldn't run with the ball or catch with the ball or block a soul or make a tackle. or block. I mean, Tom Brady can't do a tenth of the stuff that Taysom Hill can do but obviously he doesn't need to he's Tom Brady. He's the quarterback, but I'm talking about all around football players.
2: Well, and I, I was thinking about this this week because I knew we were going to have you on later this week. And it's like, if you had to make a team out of 11 of the same player, one guy playing every position and keep the game true to the spirit of the game, I think Taysom Hill might be the best option because he could play the O-line wide receiver, tight end quarterback might not look awesome, but, but I think it would look better than than if you cloned a player or any other player 11 times and, and tried to make a football team out of it. This has occupied a weird amount of time and space in my brain this week. Uh, I, I don't know why. It's just something I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, Ross- you know what? Yes. Yes. There's
9: absolutely no question that if, if you were starting an NFL team and you could only have one player and you had to clone him 53 times yeah. in your roster, yeah. that it would be Taysom Hill.
2: That's Ross Tucker. Appreciate him joining me on the Bill Michaels show earlier today. I wanted to play that interview again just because he was great. I love his energy. I love his breakdowns. And the more I think about it, the more I agree with him on Taysom Hill. Jim Thorpe played in an era where wide receivers were not dynamic and quarterbacks were not that great. And everyone was very similar. Taysom Hill, I... I actually think Comp is fair. The thing is, Taysom Hill plays in an era where Lamar Jackson and Justin Jefferson are also in the league. So that's the difference. Three minutes, we'll come back, wrap up the Wisco Sports Show, turn things over to Jesse and Zach for Temple and Opera in about 10 minutes. Lots to discuss about the Badgers tonight. So I'm excited to listen, and you can always make your way over. Take in the live show at Monks and Sun Prairie, food and drink specials. They're going to have, of course, Thursday night football on there before too long. And go say hi to Zach and Jesse. Talk about the Badgers and what we saw in Pullman last Saturday. They were there, so they'll be happy to give you the details. I'm sure that show starts in 10 minutes. Let's take our last break. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Sports show, last couple of minutes, wrapping things up, turn things over to Zach and Jesse. Again, Temple and Heilprin, West Side of Madison. So if you're listening on W O Z N, our Madison affiliate, the zone. Go see Zach and Jesse. They got food and drink specials over at Monks. It's right off the main drag in Sun Prairie, so it's an easy in and out if you're coming from a different corner of town. And Thursday night football's on anyways, and it's Thursday. You gonna have a drink. Get some bar food, watch a little football, say hey to Zach and Jesse taking some of the show. You can leave at halftime. You don't have to stay all night. You don't have to be there till midnight. Just stop after work. A little happy hour. I am very sympathetic to those who can't go enjoy a happy hour. Because, you know, I am at work until 6 because I'm on air until 6. So certain coworkers leave at 4. Oh, we're going to go hit a happy hour. No, I miss out on that. So what do we do when we work until five or when we work until six? We make our own happy hour. We have to. We have no choice. And stopping at monks on the way home, go take in a little bit of Temple and Opera and watch a little football is the perfect happy hour for those who can't just blow off work at three in the afternoon to go get margs with people in HR because we close the office a little early. Mm-mm. Someone's got to stay at work until five or six, otherwise, you know, the radio is it's, it's silent. We can't have a we can't have radio silence. Six oh eight. 608- 3-2-1-16-70, that's the number. Still got a couple of minutes if you want to jump in at the very end. Twitter, at Wisco Grant as well. We covered a lot of ground in the show. We started with the Brewers. They won 4-2 today. I don't think it was the sexiest win or the most important win. It was Adrian Hauser with uh, a five-inning, two-earned run start. He got the win, but Adrian Hauser's, for the most part, not blowing anyone away. Devin Williams got the save. The Brewers used most of their good relievers. They went Pagaro, Uribe, Piamps. And then Devin Williams, maybe an exercise for tomorrow's Bill Michaels show if we can find time. I'm going to be in for Bill tomorrow. Maybe we should do our Brewers Bullpen trust tree. It starts at Devin Williams at the top, and Piops is still number two. After that, we're getting into we're getting into some murky water. It used to be Paguero for, for a couple months stretch in the beginning of the year, it was pagero. They would go pagero. Pioms Williams, why mess with it? Why think about it? Why overcomplicate it? Now I feel like Uribe is flirting, flirting with that third best reliever spot. And that's a good problem to have. Don't get me wrong. Like if Piguero and Uribe are are 1A and 1B for, for that seventh inning spot or that third best reliever spot behind Pioms, that's a good problem to have. You have more than one guy. I think Hobie Milner then would slot in as... As the next guy, I would actually put Hobie Milner second or third on my trust tree before ever going down to Pagaro or Uribe. I would put Homie Milner behind Yoel Piams, but the thing is, I like Hobie Milner in kind of that de facto uh, Corey Canable 2018 role, where he's the starter, or, or I guess the closer for the starter. He's the guy who comes in to clean up the mess that maybe the starter got into before he was pulled, or... Hobie Milner is the guy who stays in the bullpen until someone makes a mess, and then he's got to come in and clean it up. So while I trust him more than I trust Piguero or Uribe by a small margin, I'm not saying that that you know Hobie Milner's leaps and bounds ahead of Uribe and Piguero, but I do trust him more. It's just the way that Council deploys him correctly, I think, means that he is not in the seventh, you know, before Pioms or Williams. He's deployed a little bit differently. We can do our trust tree. Really, anybody but Chafin. I mean, we. (laughs) I got a tweet today. I think it was. I think it was Daniel and Madison. It was like my trust tree is basically anybody but Andrew Chafin, and I think that's that's very fair. Uh, That's something that I would I would most certainly agree with. Chafin, he sucks, man. I'm glad they got his inning out of the way with last night. Like we're down one nothing. Eh, If we fall behind a little bit more, what difference does it make? Go, go, go! Get Chafin up. Get this guy and Chafin my ass is what it feels like when i watch him pitch today's brewer game was not sexy it was not one that we're going to tell our kids about years down the road but it was important and i compared this win to a you know an an eater when you go fishing you catch your big trophies you catch the little you know wasted time fish i got baits bigger than this fish you know that type of fish and then you have the the comfortable middle ground 17 inch walleye a nice fat perch a, a, a nice crappie or a bluegill. Not trophies. Not one that you're going to mount on the wall. You're not going to do a whole photo shoot with it for Instagram because men love men love posting fish pictures. The profile with the fish picture is my favorite. I always have the masculine urge to update my profile picture uh, with a picture of me holding a fish. It's not the trophy fish. It's it's just the, it's the eater. It's the nice solid fish where it's just fun to catch them in over and over again. You just make up the meat and potatoes. That type of fish. Meat and potatoes type of fish. This is a meat and potatoes win. It's a win that's going to help the Brewers get closer to the goal of locking down this division and staving off the Cubs for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, no crazy highlights. Brewers weren't hitting big moonshot home runs. Christian Yelich didn't have a cycle. Nothing like that, but an important win in the grand scheme of this final month of the season. And it was the difference between splitting a two-game set with the Marlins and actually taking through two of three and getting a really commanding hold of the NL Central moving forward after the Cubs lost last night. The Cubs played a night... I need to have the Cubs. No, they have today off. So no Cubs tonight, no Brewers. We can enjoy Eric on I-90s Vikings, and then we can enjoy Temple and High Open. They're coming up next. Talk about the Keontes Lewis news and react to the Washington State game. Enjoy some Badger talk. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. You know
1: you got such dark eyes.